Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, the Lord's Prayer. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. Today, we conclude the Jesus at the Center of Prayer series with a morning prayer. We'll work through each portion of the Lord's Prayer that we've learned together during the past six weeks. Today, we'll be broken down into three parts. A prayer of intimacy based from Matthew 6, 9, prayer of intercession from Matthew 6, 10 through 11, and a prayer of integrity, Matthew 6, verses 12 through 13. We'll also celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Here's Executive Pastor J.C. Thompson. Good morning. Y'all can be seated. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, We are finishing up our series today entitled Jesus at the Center of Prayer. And we have been uh, sharing with you throughout this series that the goal of this series is not just to teach you how to pray, but that you would get real everyday practice, that you'd get in a lot of reps in actually praying. That has been our hope. And today is going to be a little different because we want to see that goal fleshed out. While I think it is so important for us to share things with God, I think it is even more important for us to receive something from God. Would you guys agree with that? So what we're going to do today is we're going to take some opportunities both to share with God as we present requests to him, but also listen to God and what he has to say about us. And I think that's going to be incredibly important today. And I think you'll see that it makes a huge difference in your faith. And also, as you share with people in community, a huge difference in people hearing how God is speaking to you. Now, today we're going to intentionally spend some time praying. And I'm going to lead us through some prayer prompts as we do that, which will help you kind of see there'll be some guardrails for you as you're walking through this conversation with God. But my hope is, is that we will walk away from today going, wow, this was, this is a powerful moment for us as we connected with God in prayer in our services today. Now, I want to sum up the best, best that I can, uh, the Lord's prayer. So if you got your outline, we're going to break it down in three ways today, three ways today. First of all, Uh, we see Jesus Christ starting the Lord's Prayer with a prayer of intimacy, a prayer of intimacy. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus starts the Lord's Prayer this way. He says this, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Jesus begins the Lord's Prayer with a direction for us to take towards God in intimacy. Jesus starts the Lord's Prayer with a relationship. He wants us to see God not only as a supreme, holy, and powerful being, but a being that desires and loves to connect with us. He wants and desires to be in a relationship with you. The question that we asked as we walked through that particular part of our series is this, how do you view God when you come to him in prayer? What's the picture you have of God when you come to him in prayer? If you don't have one, I'll I'll share one from the scriptures in Psalm chapter 65, verses 1 and 2, which just says this, what mighty praise, O God, belongs to you in Zion. We We will fulfill our vows to you for you answer our prayers. All of us must come to you. 
The picture that I have when I come to pray to God is that God's ears are open when I pray. God's ears are open when you pray. God is not, your your prayers don't fall on deaf ears. No, they come to a loving Father who desires for you to share your desires with him in prayer. Now, the best picture that I have of this intimate connection is the picture that Jesus gave to us through the partaking of the Lord's Supper. So if you can, please take out those elements today if you receive them. If you did not receive those elements, if you could just lift your hand very high so that our ushers can see you and distribute those elements to you. Real high, come on. Like you're back in school again. Now, as you take those elements out, I want to give us just the picture that Jesus gives us holistically, and then I'll guide you through taking those elements together today. God gave us this picture at the Last Supper with his disciples in Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 and 28. He says this. He says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Now, before we take these elements together, I want you to spend a few moments in prayer with God thanking him that his ears are open when you pray. And I want you to take a moment and ask this question of him. I just want you to ask God, God, what is the status of my relationship with you today? God, what is the status of my relationship with you today? Now, the reality is, is God's in charge, and he gets to determine what the DTR conversation looks like. And so for us, as he defines the relationship between you and him, I think it's an important part to start and just say, God, where are we at today? Tell me where we're at in our relationship. So let's take a moment and pray. And then as you take some time, spending some time intentionally with God, privately and personally, I'll end us with prayer and then lead us through the elements. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. Jesus, we thank you for fulfilling all the prophecies that were foretold about you and ultimately giving your life sacrificially on the cross for us. We thank you that because of your body and your blood, we can receive the forgiveness of our sin. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you translate the very words of God to our heart. You convict us of our sin. You encourage us. Most importantly, you bear testimony for us that we're your child. We thank you, God, as we have an opportunity to participate in the Lord's Supper, that we can reflect and be reminded that these elements are a picture of what matters in our relationship with you, that you took the step to show us your love through your son, Jesus. We love you. It's in the name of Christ we pray these things. Amen. When we pray in faith, we can do so because Jesus has purchased all the things that we pray for. When we partake of the Lord's Supper, we can do so with joy, reflecting on what 
has truly been purchased for us and given to us as a gift. So if you could, take out your cup, flip it upside down, and there's your wafer. If you could take that wafer out for me. In that passage in Matthew, Jesus says this, As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. You can go ahead and eat that. Okay, you can take out your drink. He continued to say, And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from this. For this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Take the drink. For those of you in this room, as you reflect on where your relationship with is, is with God, I want to just encourage you, this picture, the picture of Christ's blood and his body given sacrificially for you, this is what we look to. We don't look to how perfectly we keep his commandments. We don't look to how good or not good we are. Instead, we look to the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And as we have an opportunity to celebrate the fact that God has given so much to us, I want you to just, as we sing this next song, and as we take the offering, I want you to stay in your seats, and I want you to reflect on just how much God has truly given to you through his son, Jesus. So I want you to stay seated and reflect on God's great love for you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, and I'm so thankful for your son, Jesus. As I look at my own life, God, it can be so easy to be caught up on the things that I miss, the things that, as I, as I continue to grow, I, I sometimes feel even further and further away. And yet your spirit reminds me that your sacrifice is enough. And God, where we may see how great our sins are, God, may you remind us how great a Savior you are. You are greater than all our sins. We thank you for that. As this song plays, God, I pray that you would just show us some of the blessings that you've given us in this life as we pray together with you as we sing. Amen. Next, we see Jesus instructing us in a prayer of intercession. A prayer of intercession. Now, the idea of intercessory prayer is for us to stand in the gap. And that doesn't always mean just for us and our needs. It, it generally means standing in the gap for someone else who may or may not be able to make prayers for themselves. Matthew chapter 6, verses 10 and 11 says it this way, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need. And we talked about in this series the already but not yet reality of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And all that means is that when we become a follower of Christ and the Spirit indwells us, that we get to experience already some of the blessings that that means for us in our life. We get to experience things like love, joy, peace. We get to experience new attitudes and new desires. But the presence of sin has not left our world yet. But one day, the not yet portion that we have not fully experienced is that one day the presence of sin will leave our planet. Everything that's been touched and marred by sin will be made new again and we will live in perfect communion with God our Father. And that is something we should be pumped about, excited about, thinking about on a regular basis. See, when 
we want the realities of the kingdom of God to grow in our heart each and every day so that we more fully experience that kingdom already. Not that we are just waiting, but that by obeying God's will, by obeying his desires, we can experience more of that kingdom in our hearts on a daily basis. When we fight against the corruptions of our own flesh, or when we fight against the corruptions, against our own spirit, the kingdom of God's influence grows in our souls. But we also must make sure to practice God's will here on the earth. Are the words that we use and say, are they in obedience to God's will? Is our diet according to God's will? Is our budget aligned with God's will? Are we marked by purity of mind and heart? Lastly, Jesus tells us that we can pray to God for what we need every day. Now, I think that Jesus intentionally put them in that order. I think that he wanted us to see that prayer begins with an intimate relationship with God, that we should approach God in a way that we can know him and grow in our relationship with him. But then he directs us towards God's kingdom, God's will, God's glory on the earth. And then lastly, he shows us that we can ask for what we need. See, we do have needs here on the earth. Some of us have needs financially. Some of us have needs when it comes to our our health. Some of us have emotional needs. God wants to hear those. And he wants to provide for those needs that you have each and every day. So today, I want to give you an opportunity to practice this prayer. Now, you should have received a card today, uh, a white index card. You can go ahead and grab that. Don't write anything on it yet. If you've already taken notes, it's okay. We'll forgive you, okay? Uh, But this prayer we're going to use to kind of sum up a conversation that you're about to have with God. I've got two questions that I think will guide us as we have this conversation. And after we spend some time praying over these questions, I want you to ask the Lord to reveal a word or a phrase that kind of sums up the conversation that you're having. Uh, And I'm going to ask you to turn that card in. So if you've got some deep, dark secret that you don't want everybody to know, I would not recommend you writing it on that card. But if you want to write it on that card, by all means, please do confess those things. And God uh, promises us through his word, when we confess our sins, he will heal us both in body and in soul. But I want you to just be mindful that these cards will be read by someone else. Now, we're going to use those cards in two ways today. One, we're going to post those on a wall so that you can have a picture of what God's people are praying for together. But in addition to that, every Monday morning we get together as a staff, a church staff, and we we spend some time in worship and we spend some time in prayer. And as a staff, we would like to personally pray over these cards this time that you have with God. We would love if you would share that gift with us so that we can pray for you as a church. And as we end this time of prayer, I'll give you some further instructions on what we're going to do to close that time. Now, I want to just give you a picture of this because I think this is so important because some of you might be intimidated by this idea of listening to God. You'd much rather spend your time doing stuff, okay? You want to spend your time around some tasks, memorizing Scripture, studying the Bible, and the idea of listening to God is a little intimidating. I just want to share this quote from Ian Bounds. Now, Ian Bounds wrote uh, nine books on prayer, uh, and it was the majority of his work. It's what he's most known for. But he had this quote specifically when it comes to evangelism. He said this, talking to men for God is a great thing, but talking to God for men is greater still. 
he will never talk well and with real success to men for God who has not learned well how to talk to God for men. So I want to give you two questions to pray through personally as we open up. And here's the two questions. Here's the two questions. God, where is your kingdom moving around me? Where is your kingdom moving around me? And then question number two, what do you want me to do about it? What do you want me to do about it? I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you to spend some time with God with those questions and then I'll come up and kind of conclude this particular time and give you some more instructions, okay? Okay? All right, good, good. I've got some of you, that's all I need. Let's pray. God, for me, this is the most terrifying time. As someone who preaches, you get uh, all of your training is around studying, preparing, and then delivering the message that you give. But to put that in the hands of people is a little terrifying to me. What if, what if cards come back blank? What if people buy out? But God, I, I truly believe your word. That you want to hear the prayers of your people and that you want to respond to our prayers. And so Lord, I pray, even as there are those in this room who may be totally uncomfortable with this idea of listening to you, I pray right now that you would just overcome overcome their hesitations and Lord as they spend some time around these two questions speak to them clearly Lord God where is your kingdom moving around me and God what do you want me to do about it spend some time in prayer over those questions As you begin to hear from God, I'm just going to ask you to ask God, ask him, what word or phrase do you want me to put on this card that's kind of summing up what you're talking to me about today, God? Ask him to do that. I'm going to give you a moment, but I just want to encourage you. Some of you in this room, you may feel like, man, is that God? Is that me? Like, how, how do I know? And I'll just tell you, I, I think it's an exercise of faith. Does it line up with God's word? Does it line up with God's will? Does it sound like something God would say are always good boundaries? But I'll tell you this too. When it comes to me, if I'm going to fail in life, I want to fail in the direction of God. I'd much rather end up in heaven as Christ is looking at me and going, hey, what would you do with your life? And say, you know what? I took as many risks as possible on the things that I thought you said to me. I took as many risks as possible on the things I thought you said to me, God. That's where I want to live my life at. So as you continue to ask God to show you what to put on that card, I just want to encourage you, fail in the direction of God. Fail in God's direction. And see where he wants to take you. Now, I'm not sure if it was COVID or something else. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But there have been things that have shifted in our culture that make us a little more uncomfortable with some things that probably were already uncomfortable to many of us before. Some of you, in fact, may already be glad that some of those things don't exist anymore. Uh, what am I talking about? Well, I'll, I'll give you a couple that I think about. One, you know, often regularly we would ask, and not just our church, but many churches would ask, hey, why don't you stand up and greet somebody near you? 
And you'd give what uh, churches have always called the hand of fellowship. You would welcome somebody, ask them their name. You would, you would tell them how thankful you were to see them. We don't really do that anymore. Uh, and I don't know why uh, some of you are so thankful to God that you haven't done that in a long time. Um, but I think the other thing that gets lost in that is praying for one another. Now, we have many opportunities to pray here at Brookwood, and you've got opportunities in your own personal life, but one of the things that I just want to challenge you with, and I want to challenge you in two ways, okay? If you don't know me very well, I like to challenge people. So I'm going to, teach, I'm going to as best I can, I'm going to challenge you in one way that is just flat out encouraging, and then I'm also going to challenge you in a way that is a little bit of a, a challenge, a little bold challenge, okay? I'll start with the bold challenge. That way I can end on encouragement, which is good for a personality like mine, Okay? We used to do this with middle schoolers every single week. We'd ask them to stand up, and before we took offering, we'd ask them to pray for one another. And you know what? That's the most awkward time in life I could ever imagine is middle school. It's literally the worst. Your physical body is going through an absolute mutation at that point in time, and you don't know how to do anything anymore. Uh, And those middle schoolers excelled as they prayed for each other. And if middle schoolers can do it, you can do it. Okay, so that's my challenge, my encouragement. The scriptures say that part of our faith is to share it with one another. And when we do, when we share our faith, and that doesn't mean everything's all rosy all the time. When we share where we're at in our relationship with God, the scriptures say that God uses that to build the faith of those people we share with. So what's an intentional thing we can do when we pray and we listen to people? We can know that by listening and sharing what God is doing in my own life, even if it's not all rosy or figured out, I'm intentionally taking the step to build the faith of another believer in Christ. So for some of you, this is going to make you terribly uncomfortable, and I'm sorry. But I want to encourage you for just a few moments to stand up and gather with a group that's around you, and I want you to pray for one another. I want you to share what God's doing in your life, and I want you to pray for each other as those things are happening. So take a few moments to be in prayer for one another, and then I will close that time with us together. Okay? All right, y'all gather and pray. All right, I'm going to ask you to begin ending your time together, and as you Start to head back to your seats. Please, one, don't close your eyes as you walk. But two, if you could just remain standing, we'll, we'll uh, have a time of worship after we pray together, okay? So if you could make your way back to your seats. God, we, we love you so much. And Lord, I am so, so thankful for this time. Lord, as I am able to just see the landscape, I see people embracing one another. I see tears, I see people exchanging contact information. Lord, I even saw our deaf community over here sharing their stories with others. Lord, I'm struck by how much you care and are pleased when we share what's happening in our faith with one another. And we are so thankful, God, That when we pray, you hear us. When we pray, you listen. And you don't just listen in a way that's self-gratifying. Lord, you have the power to do something about the prayers that we pray. 
And so, Lord, we pray as we continue to lift our prayers to you, God, I ask, Lord, that you would challenge us, that the God of the universe hears our prayers, that the God of the universe desires to move in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray as we sing today, that we would sing out of a heart that is overflowing, even if we are struggling today, we can lean on your faithfulness. And so, Lord, we pray and ask you as we sing together as a church that you would do what you say in your word, that you would ride on the praises of your people, that you would be lifted up as we glorify your name. And, Lord, that we can thank you that as we share prayers with one another, you grow our faith. But, God, you grow our faith as well when we sing together. We thank you, Lord, that you're listening. And we thank you that you can do about the things that we, you can do something about the things that we pray. It's in the name of Christ we pray these things. Amen. All right, y'all can be seated. Last, Jesus ends the Lord's Prayer with a prayer of integrity. A prayer of integrity. Lastly, when Jesus ends his prayer, he ends with two petitions about integrity. While there's only prayer, one prayer, one petition in the Lord's Prayer about our physical needs, our needs here on the earth, there are two prayers about our soul. One, the prayer for provision physically is that God would give us the things that we need daily. But there are two prayers that he offers here for our souls. Now, I don't know if you grew up like me. Some of you may have never heard this before, but I remember hearing growing up, God gave you two ears and one mouth, so you should listen twice as much as you talk. Anybody hear that? A couple people? Okay, good. I think the same principle is true for us in the Lord's Prayer. Since Jesus gave us two petitions for our soul and only one for our body, we should be concerned about our soul twice as much as we're concerned for our body. But how often do we think about our physical lives here on the earth? How often do we think about our appearance? The number on the scale, especially this past week with Thanksgiving. Our performance metrics, either in the gym or even at work. The things that we can measure here on the earth. The physical realities of the planet. How much do we focus on those rather than measuring and evaluating our own souls? Each of us has deep needs for forgiveness and protection from temptation. So Jesus ends the Lord's Prayer in this way in verses 12 and 13. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. You see, sin is a debt. It's also the worst kind of debt because we cannot pay it off. It's the worst debt because it is also against the most supreme good in all the world. It is the worst debt because it exponentially increases every time we levy a transaction against it. Thomas Watson says it this way, we may as well reckon all the drops in the sea as reckon all our spiritual debts. We cannot tell how much we owe. It is the worst debt also because the prison that we will receive without it being paid off is the most painful, worst 
prison imaginable. Yet Christ, through the shedding of his blood, forgives us our sins. He offers us freedom and forgiveness in exchange for our life. We get our debts paid fully and completely by him and his sacrifice in exchange for him becoming the boss and the Lord of our life. We can respond to this reality in two ways. One, we can willingly own our debt. We can confess it and we can joyfully accept forgiveness of our sins. Or two, we can refuse to own our debt. We can refuse to confess it and we will begin to hate the one who calls us to confront it. Those who fear their debt will never be paid, will only hide and harbor bitterness to the one who offers forgiveness. But to those who acknowledge it and confess it and receive forgiveness will live in peace and freedom. We are also to pray for protection from temptation. James 1.13 says it this way, And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. God does not tempt us. But we are tempted in a way that is personal to us. The enemy of our soul knows our souls sometimes even better than we do. The prayer that we should pray of not being led into temptation is that we would not be overcome by it, but instead that we can withstand that temptation and overcome it by the power of God's Spirit and would not be drawn to sin against God. Temptation that is overcome by God's Spirit actually grows our faith that when we're tempted, our souls can grow to withstand even the next temptation. We grow our resistance to the enemy. You know, prayer was originally called flagellum diaboli, which actually means the whip of the devil. That when we pray, when the enemy comes after us, specifically in the area of temptation, that when we pray, it's how we keep him at bay. Prayer is a weapon against the enemy. But oftentimes when we're tempted, we cower and we hide. But when we're tempted, we should fall to our knees and we should ask for God's deliverance. When we pray for deliverance from evil, we actually make progress when it comes to our soul's health. Titus 2.12 says it this way, And when we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures, we should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. We should be growing towards godliness. See, the world needs more Christians living in peace with their Father and living in peace with one another. But oftentimes, the weight of our shame and guilt burdens us in a way that we can't find freedom. But Christ offers freedom to you through accepting forgiveness of your sins. Not only that, but when you're tempted, and what step of faith, how would your soul grow if you were able to withstand that temptation and overcome it? How would God use that in your life to grow his relationship with you? And what an encouragement you would be to other believers who will withstand similar temptation. 
that you could encourage them that they can make it through by the power of God's Spirit. Could you imagine what a church would look like full of people that grow in this way? Could you imagine a church that looks at one another with love and care, not in a spirit of judgment? How would that change your relationships? How would that change the way you approach your job? How would that change your family? I think Thanksgiving could have looked a lot different. But for some of you in this room, you may be harboring some unforgiveness. And today we're going to take an opportunity to pray about that. But before we do, I want to give you a picture. Now, if you don't know me very well, you don't know that I love smoked meats. I love to do that. I love to smoke barbecue and everything you can think of on the big green egg. And if you were around me as I was cooking something, you would also partake in the blessing of a pleasing aroma made unto the Lord. And y'all know what I'm talking about. You smelled some of those pleasing aromas this past week at Thanksgiving. Anybody? Anybody smell that? Okay, praise the Lord, okay? Could you imagine if we couldn't smell food? What? I don't even know what I'd do. But the, the Bible gives us this picture of the saints' prayers in Revelation. That as the scroll is open, servants of the Lord present the prayers of the saints to God himself, carried in golden bowls. And those bowls contained the incense or the aroma of the prayers of the saints. See, when God sees his people pray, just like when I sit beside the barbecue and it smells good and it brings me joy, the scriptures say that God is brought to joy when you pray. That somehow, and I don't know how it works metaphysically, but somehow your prayers are translated into the most God-honoring, joy-fulfilling smell that you could ever imagine. And I think as God kind of turns his nose looking for people who are praying, my picture that I have of our church as we continue to pray, as we continue to ask God to answer our prayers, my picture is that God's nose and his gaze continually turns towards Simpsonville, South Carolina. And there's just some certain aroma that God smells, that he enjoys when we lift our prayers to him. And so today we're going to ask God, we're going to ask him for forgiveness. And we're going to do that in two ways. We're going to ask God to truly forgive our sins. And not only that we know intellectually that they're forgiven, but that we experience the burden of our sinfulness lifted from our conscience. That we can operate with a spirit of peace and freedom because we know without a shadow of a doubt our sins have been forgiven. So let's take a moment to pray and then I'm gonna have a couple questions that I want you to ask to God. Let's pray. God, I don't think it overwhelms us enough what the forgiveness of sin truly, truly feels like. And so, Lord, we thank you for the reality of whether we feel it or not, our sins are forgiven because of your son, Jesus. But, Lord, 
there are people in this room who may daily experience the lack of awareness, the lack of conviction that their sins have truly been forgiven, that it daily weighs on their spirit. So Lord, I pray today that this may be the first time ever for someone in this room that they experience the relief of their burden being lifted by you. That their unpayable debt is forgiven by your son Jesus Christ. So God, as people spend time with these two things today, I pray that you'd speak to them. As you pray, ask God to show show you in your heart where it might be locked by a lack of forgiveness to someone else. God, where might my heart be locked up because I've failed to forgive someone? Another way you could ask that same question is this. What's an area that I need to be forgiven of, God? The second thing I want you to talk to God about is that until Christ comes back a second time and praise the Lord, he will come back a second time. But until he does so, we will experience evil in this world. We will experience evil that affects everyone, but we will also experience evil and temptation that is personal to us. So I just want you to ask God, God, what do you want to say to me about the evil I am experiencing in my life right now? God, what do you want to say to me about the evil I'm experiencing in my life right now. God, it may be a small thing to many in this room that you speak, but it is not. God, you've got plenty of things going on in the world that are worthy of your attention. And yet, God, you personally communicate with us and Lord we need your communication it's why we've been spending so much time learning to pray but I'm reminded in your word in the Psalms where it says you sent out your word and you healed them you snatched them from the door of death Lord that's what your word does your word has power So when we pray, Lord, we ask for your word so that it will change us and that it will change the world around us. So Lord, as we have offered many prayers to you and you are pleased, you are so pleased with the aroma of our prayers, I pray, God, that this would be an encouragement to us to spend more time with you in prayer. We love you, and we're thankful for you. It's in the name of Christ we pray these things. Amen. Now, we've got a picture of those prayers that you offered up earlier, so I want to bring that picture out for you. Now, I don't know uh, if you are like me, but oftentimes you kind of send a prayer up there, right? And you're like, is anybody paying attention? Is anybody paying attention? Well, here's what I think. I don't just think this is some therapeutic exercise for us where we 
ask God to just hear our prayers and that's it. No, I think these prayers that you wrote down, God can answer them. God can answer the prayers that we pray. For some of you, you may just be starting out and you may have prayed about something that seems so small and insignificant. And some of you feel like you may be praying the biggest prayer that has ever been prayed by any human being on the planet. And all of them, God is pleased by. Every prayer offered to God in his will, in his way, pleases God, our Father. So as you look at this picture of all these requests lifted up to God, I believe and our church believes that God will answer these requests. Do you believe that, church? This is a little, little, now some of you, maybe you're just a little golf clap because you just prayed, you know, you prayed a big prayer, so maybe you're a little hesitant. But I'm, I'm asking you, by the testimony of your faith, do you believe that God desires and can answer these prayers? Yes. So as we end today, as we end today, as we sing the song of the Lord's Prayer, as we close today, I'm going to pray one more time, and I'm going to ask God to answer these prayers in a way that freaks you out, in a way that overwhelms you, in a way that challenges your faith to grow. And we're going to join in that prayer together. Let's pray. God, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. God, when we say the kingdom of heaven has already come to earth, God, it has already come. When you sent your son Jesus Christ to the planet, you showed us that you're for real, that you mean what you say, and that you don't just do it with your words, but you do it with your actions, Lord. And so you have asked your people to pray And Lord, we've obeyed you in the best way that we know how. But God, I'm asking by the power of your spirit, you see our hearts, you see our requests. God, would you answer us today? Would you grant these requests, requests made by your children whom you love so dearly? Would you grow our faith when we see the things we've prayed about answered? And would we share them so loudly, it makes everybody else uncomfortable. Would you give us a testimony, God, of answering the prayers of your people? May our church be a church that believes you hear, that believes you answer. And so we pray great, big, giant prayers, believing that you can do it. Lord, we thank you and we believe. It's in the name of Christ we are able to pray these things. And all God's people said, amen. Let's sing to him. Here's this week's memory verse. What mighty praise, O God, belongs to you in Zion. We will fulfill our vows to you. For you answer our prayers. All of us must come to you. That's Psalm 65, verses 1 and 2. If you're just joining us for the Jesus at the Center of Prayer series, there is a daily devotional for you to follow. We're in week number seven. This will help you spend time with God every day. And to find the daily devotional, just look on the Brookwood Church app. Thanks for listening to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. Please take time to leave a review. This will help others discover the podcast and most importantly, a transformed life in Christ. 
We look forward to you joining us during our next episode.